Um, well, fellas, how are you? It's good to see you both. Doing good. Good to see you guys. Absolutely. It's been a minute. I know we looked it up. I think it was um, March 10th of 22. So like 18 months, man. Yeah, oh, whoa, just, yeah, same. year and a half. Damn. Exactly. Now, when we, <laughs> we talked, how much, um, how much a sweet relief was uh, going on when we had talked to you guys last 18 months ago? So zero, I think. Oh yeah, wow! I don't think I was still trying to write it. I think yeah, I think we started rehearsing that June or July. Oh yeah. okay. Shot it that August, so it's been a little over a year since we shot it now. And also, according to the uh, International Movie Database, or internet is it internet or international movie database? I think internet. I think it's internet. I just want to add a couple extra letters at the end. Cool. Uh, the, uh, that you guys shot this in six days? Yes. That's the <laughs> one that I added. I added one little piece of trivia, and it was that <laughs> on there. I don't have, like, I guess I don't have an IMDb Pro account, so I have to, like, um, you know, every piece of anything I want to put on IMDb, I have to, like, get it, like, Someone, you know, what you, what, whoever, somebody else has, I have to wait to get it, you know, checked off, like confirmed. And sometimes I don't, for some reason, things don't get across. And, but that was allowed. I don't know. I just don't want to pay for a fucking IMD Pro account. So I'm, you know, it could be easier, but, yeah. but yeah, that was the one piece of trivia I got on there. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, six days. How did you guys? What was uh what was the motivation on that? Is like we just need to get it done in six days, or we yes, got this well, location for thirty minutes? So. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, in comparison to Cockazoid, it was um Joey, the cinematographer, had lived an hour and a half away during that, so he would drive out and shoot for a day, and then so we, you know, we would just come out on Saturdays or Sundays, and we did that six times, you know. But then at this point, Joey lived in Philadelphia, so it would have to be one trip. And that's about. It. And also, Jack, we had a sound guy for the first time, like, ever. You know, this guy, uh, Jack Stratton, who's a really, really nice guy and really, really talented that I met on my friend's uh, film shoot. And he was coming from New York, and he's always busy doing other jobs. So it would it worked best for him to do it in six days. So I just figured, um, you know, try to do it. You know, he had done it six days spread out before. How much harder could it yeah. be in a row? And it was definitely much harder, but... Uh, I'm surprised we if we finished anything, you know. So it's crazy that we did. It was probably like it was twelve hour days, I think, right? I don't know if you're oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh like longer <laughs> too. Yeah. Um yeah, there like I so I was only there for the shoots because there's such a wide cast of characters. Uh, the shoots were split up between sort of groups of different characters. I, I was only in the last two and a half days. Right, because I, I filmed Friday, Saturday, and then half of Sunday, getting those right. last parts done. Um, but each of those days was around like 13, 14 hours, like starting around like 10 in the morning and then, yeah, ending at like 12. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. It was, it was a really fun time. Fun. I mean, I haven't yeah. been... I've been depressed ever since just because it was such a high. It was like the best like sure. drug you know I've ever done, and then... Yeah, because everybody's in it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everybody's in the zone. You're doing the thing. And uh, that's the only thing is the thing. And then that and then the thing goes away. (laughs) And then you wait for the next thing. And then we die. Yes. We'll see you next (laughs) week. 
but I, I think because, um, you know, compared to the last movie is that, you know, Nick, you kind of, you took a step back away from in front of the camera and then, you know, Ben, you took a big step, you know, being more time in front of the camera. So, yeah. um, also, but I don't, did we get a patented, uh, BR Jaeger squeal this no. time? I don't think we did. Not this time. No, it, it didn't fit. It didn't fit that character particularly. <laughs> yeah. Lots of yelling and grunting at the end, but 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 no 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 screeching, no uh, silencer screaming. I was hoping for a little little screech in the uh, in the bar scene, you know. Oh uh, yes, 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 yes. Just right there. <laughs> that that would have sent the bartender over the edge, right there. Hey, <laughs> where where are we with the movie? Is it still doing film fest or? It technically, yeah, it's going to do. It technically hasn't even played a film festival yet. It's playing next week at um, uh, Philadelphia Unnamed. Film festival on Friday. What the fuck? Hell Madeline yeah. got it. It's going to premiere yes. at Puff. Yes, yes. Oh, oh good. She it. got us a really good slot on <laughs> Friday at eight o'clock. So are, are you all fantastic. going out? It's just going to be me and Joey this time. Just like we, we were actually there last year. It's been about a year since we were out there for Caucasoid. So I haven't been to a film festival since Puff last year. So um yeah, it'll be. I, we were trying to get everybody out, but it's just it's too. Everyone's very busy, so it's just hard to get things aligned so it's just gonna be me and joey unfortunately just joey and me no no one nobody interesting or or cool damn i would love to see this in the theater it looks okay, great just, we, we we have done a really, couple of screenings yeah. in um we've done two screenings in theaters uh one at our like local independent cinema and then uh one in salem mass um uh, with the that the uh, the Barons Hideout guys uh, put together, oh, they've been doing screenings at this really cool theater in Salem, and it like it looks and sounds terrific. Like the sound sounds like magnificent. It is yeah. like a it's a game changer. It feels like a movie. <laughs> like yeah. In the movie theater, <laughs> like a so movie ass movie. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, because both your films are clearly independent, just from you can tell from the script, the ideas. Like this is yeah. the kind of shit that we love. Like you never know what's going to happen, but clearly the equipment, like something leveled up here. I'm like, are you renting equipment or did you have a buddy who, yeah, what the fuck kind of cameras yeah. you use? It looked incredible. You know, it's so funny that it's the same camera as Caucasoid, but just a different lens. The lens really? is an anamorphic lens that, um, my friend Joey, Joey's just really good at, um, you know, he's very interested at, you know, what's, what, the newest thing that's coming out. It's always like, cause they're making such cheap, cool things right now. And I was talking, you know, there's the whole John Carpenter thing that everyone says where it's like, he said, you know, if you want your movie to look, your low budget movie to look big budget, just shoot anamorphic and everything is cinematic and everything. So we're just going to play around with that kind of like trying to do that kind of a, um, I was thinking almost like a, I don't know if you've guys seen like stranger by the lake. Have you seen that movie? No, I, I, I am familiar. Yeah. Like ten years ago, yeah, um, French. That's right? a lot in the serene summer, but like Hitchcocky intense summer movie, you know. But that could, but sorry, it's got that like very um, and like you know certain other um, other sort of you know new French extreme kind of things. But the, the things that like you really utilize that widescreen, um, anamorphic look and are really have that that have that summer thing and they're sort of chilled out and they sit back and sort of look at this big it was just it seemed like a really nice way to go different from that kind of handheld almost documentary thing in caucasoid to have a more of a just a laid back wide look so we we just got 
Joey, I got this lens that was like, yeah, I think it was like unbelievably cheap and new and made like for the camera or something. And it looked really good. And then we also, the sound is much better in this movie and the sound mix is much better in this movie. So I think those two things combined really up the, uh, but it's only like, I think it's about the same budget the first, you know, 4,000 ish dollars when it comes down to it. Wow. Um, I gave a Joey got a discount for um, some lighting equipment for a week from this um, place in Philadelphia. So I, it was just, okay. I got him 600 bucks for that, which was, yeah, that was a, it would have been 1200 and he got that cut in half and it was these led tube lights that like these three, four led tube lights that he used to light the whole movie. Um, and, you know, I was just trying to, I think he wanted to have more fun, but I was just trying to hold back as much as possible and tell him, you know, as naturalistic as possible, blah, 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 blah. But um, I think those things really do make a difference. And, but it's not that much, you know what I mean? When it comes down to it, there's no, no not much more money really, you know, at, at work. All right. Well, you had, you had six days of shooting, a little under a week. How long was your post-production? Um, it's funny. I edited the first cut in like five days. I was manically like, cause we also, since we shot it in six days, there was not a lot of takes to choose from. A lot of it was yeah. basically shot to edit already. Yeah. So I essentially was like, it was so easy for the most part to put it together. And it was a matter of like, I need to see if it works. So I was a little bit like insane about seeing very quickly if it works. And then I got, um, uh, Ben and, uh, our other actors, Adam and Elisa are their main actors to watch it together. And that rough cut is not drastically different from the final cut that we have now. Um, so then after that was a lot of finessing, months of finessing, like low key finessing. And then the sound mix was done in a week in February and then it was done. So, yeah. Now where, where is Caucasoid? Is that available for people to watch? No, that's nowhere still. That's nowhere. I should just stick it online somewhere, but I'm trying to figure out where to do that. I'd upload it to YouTube if YouTube's, it, compression shit didn't look so bad it just makes yeah, the, the yeah. art scene so horrible i just don't want to put it on there i don't want to put it on vimeo because i also uh would have i'd have to pay for the vimeo plus to even upload a, mo a video that long and blah blah i mean if i may you know i don't know i don't know i still haven't made I, i'm not so eager to get it out there but i should do something who did it's we talk to that changed my mind on vimeo I'm sorry, Ben. Uh, it's funny. I I downloaded what is that fucking app that can make you a Wall Street hotshot? What Robin Hood? <laughs> and then I remember I remember Vimeo came. What a description. <laughs> Vimeo came out, and I went, "That's for me, dude." Because I'm a <laughs> film guy. Yeah. Oh my god, it was evaluated. I think at like forty five dollars a share. Uh, right now, I think it's sitting around a dollar. Hey now. Yeah, well, time and to buy. We talked to somebody. Um, and they were like, oh, it's because they fucked over the artist. And they were talking about the contract changes. I'm very into YouTube now. And Nick, I'm glad you didn't put it up there. There is no, there's no understanding of like cinematic value. Like everything gets kind of churned through this like content lens. Yeah. And on this show with two people whom I've talked to about movies for fucking six years, seven years now, I still have to make an argument that there are legitimate good documentaries or like film on youtube and i don't think it's their fault i think it's mostly culture it's just like a different thing and um your movie doesn't belong there <laughs> but i i do think you could probably go the whore in the high desert route and get like um there are companies that will do like i'm sure you've looked into it like international distribution through streaming services and they they'll fight for your movie and have you looked into all that 
it's not, you know, not too, there's, I've like, just start, you know, I've looked a little bit into everything. I, I, I get so, um, psyched out when, I, when it comes down to it. I'm always just like, I'll just wait. I'll just wait. I'm not sure. It's, I think I need, uh, you know, I could use a uh, partner of some sort and help with this kind of shit. That, uh, All right. Well, here's a warning to a Dutch Merrick. <laughs> I'm going to send Nick your way. And I also, I've been talking to another filmmaker. Um, it worked for Dutch and he's got a, a distro company that he swears by. So I'll put you in contact with him just so you could talk about yeah. it. And I know Robbie did terror films. That yeah. seems like. Yes. Have you I talk- sent them. I had, so, had a little interaction with them and sent them. It's always the same with Caucasoid. I send them the movie. And they never hear back from the <laughs> Really? Sometimes I reach back out. I mean, people that have uh, responded, someone from MPI, um, you know, I was excited because MPI, I was like, that's fucking Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they were like, you know, said it was too slow and philosophical for their taste, which <laughs> Wait, I thought meant uh, means it's pretentious and boring or something for their all taste. Right. You, know. You, know, you know what lane is left for you? Have you tried Unearthed? Um, oh, I can't remember. I might have. That's Stephen Byro. Yeah. Yes, yes. I yeah. also what, what did Byro say? <laughs> dude, by, that, dude, Nick, I got to tell you, that might be a little bit of a bummer to have, like, um, infamous companies like, like, uh, unearthed or, like, terror films not come back to you. But honestly, I would wear that like a badge, dude. That's like I mean, when Cisco Niebuhr no, Totally. It's not a surprise to me. You know what I mean? It does not, um. It's not a what the fuck in the way any of them are interested in. You know what I mean? It's like, a, yeah. it's like, I, what is, what is this supposed to be? <laughs> I mean, y'all are fucking, you're interesting artists too, because BR, I'm sure gets some of this where you're not really making like political statements or anything, but you're kind of like in between this like realm of uh, politics and like edgelord culture, but you're not really either. And I think people get it in their peripheral and are just like, I'm not touching it. Like mm-hmm. it's too volatile. People are people won't give it a shot, yeah. and they'll come at me for it. But I mean, God, if Unearth is scared, it's got to be something like that. But but again, I know we're talking about this, and it will only make people want to see it more. So if if I'm not overstepping my boundary, I don't know. Pyro could have been on a bender. He's Who he's knows? going hard with August Underground again. <laughs> They're putting those all back out. Oh yay! So I'm so I'm like, well, you can't do Caucasoid, dude. Yeah, I feel like it's even like Caucasoids, like not like violent enough for that. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like yeah. too slow. It's too much like slowness and tame. Act too tame, really, for them. I would think. You know what I mean, dude? But it's got no. a cock in it. All right, here's what we got to do. We got <laughs> <Anazoid>. a zoid. <laughs> we got to get you in touch with Michael Haneke. You're like, dude, <laughs> right. like, right? <laughs> Who's gonna translate? <laughs> God, you don't think about the next step. <laughs> So this is something I've been like thinking about a lot is that there isn't so one of the problems like just going back to what you're talking about with like YouTube and other like independent distribution, there isn't a equivalent of Bandcamp or uh, print on demand for film for cinema right now. I think that that's kind of been like a platform that's specifically for distribution where people can just like upload uh, their features and you know, it be in the context of you know this is cinema this isn't just content this isn't just like videos that you scroll past or anything like that um we're really have like lacking in that because you know like you know musicians have band camp you know i have like print on demand 
Um, but there isn't like an equivalent for that, like in, as like a popular distribution for independent cinema right now, which I think is kind of, I, I feel like, you know, things like Kakuzoi and Sweet Relief would flourish and like lots of movies would flourish in that. But sure. yeah. Well, I think that's what Vimeo wanted to be. Right. Like, I think they wanted to be like a uh, YouTube, but for film. Right. Like YouTube. Yeah. Right. And it's like YouTube does vlogs and we have movies. And I honestly, that, I mean, that's why I dumped all that money into it. I, for the record, I bought Ooh. one stock and I still regret it. I lost, I lost about $40 and it haunts me. But <laughs> I, you know, every now and then um, when like when I'm making like a dumb reel or something, I'll be looking for a trailer and you still run into like, oh, they didn't put their trailer on YouTube because mm. this is the fucking, this is a film. Yeah. It's mm. on Vimeo. And I'm like. It could have been. I I don't know what fucked it up. I don't remember what guest we had on that told me about it. But I think you're totally right. And it, it's a so what I'm doing is the hard work. I'm trying to get people on YouTube. I'm trying to convince Randy that one day Criterion will open a YouTube channel mm. and they will house films. Yeah, I, I I'm only half joking. Yeah, that would be great. I would love. No, I, I why not? Why not? I don't know. I can't imagine that. They've got all of like fucking Tarkovsky's movies on there on that you know that Moss film Russian, what? you know, studio YouTube channel. <laughs> we, That's um, hasty enough, isn't it? So, you know, oddly enough, we were talking about a mutual friend, Robbie Smith. And last time he came over, uh, I would, I would love to have him over and he would sleep over because we're adults and that's what we do. And we would, uh, just have a movie marathon. And last time we snuck in a YouTube feature from our buddy, uh, girls night. And it's like, this movie only exists on YouTube. And uh, I believe it was from um, Christian. I can't. Yeah. I can't pull his last name right now. It's problematic. <laughs> okay, if there's that a why, Z and a lot of consonants. It's, yeah, that's, it's, that's a U name. But he told me there's a whole like uh, weird niche subgenre called like uh, folk. Folk. I can't. Remember. There's a term, and it's like this movement of people making movies that are supposed to be like cinema, like films that are supposed to be taken seriously as a visual medium but they only live on YouTube. Mm. And I'm like, how, like you have to do so much digging to find it. So I recommend y'all check out girls night. That's a very like Tim and Eric kind of like dark comedy. Uh, Girls with a Z. Yeah. Mm. And uh, it's a Canadian offbeat kind of uh, rom-com parody. But then if you want to watch a, if you want to watch something confusing and I know BR, you'd be into this. Have you seen my house dot wad? Jesus no. Christ. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My house dot wad, the um the doom thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you watched that? I haven't. I know about the actual wad. Um <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. So here here's the problem. Video games have a story to tell, but mm-hmm. it's such a reversal of like a film in a theater. It's not like a group yeah. experience, it's almost completely solo. Yeah. So there's a problem when you have like teams of a hundred people working on a video game for eight years. And then you get red dead redemption two, And you have a dude do a let's play. You're like, there's a miscommunication here. Uh, especially if it's a speed run, mm-hmm. but so, there's a, my house dot wad. I can't remember who the filmmaker is. And I know, I'm sorry, Clark. I what bring this doing? up all the time. He did a documentary on it. That feels part horror movie. And it's actually a, it's a good way to go through the game. Having no knowledge of doom, which I didn't, And also getting like a, it feels like a full experience. So that's my push for YouTube. I I don't know. We're talking about distro. And it's funny because Terra Films lives on there. 
So I think, you know, they're like Netflix hiding the numbers. There's a, there's some, uh, there's some money to be made on YouTube. Kings of Horror is another distro. Yeah, if your name is Mr. Beast. Oh my God. What are you talking about? You know, one YouTuber. <laughs> He's Mr. the one. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just got a rail on that. Have you thought about doing like your own Blu-ray too? We have like doing like a bootleg thing, like, like a limited bootleg We've had talks. <laughs> talks, yes, yes. For some reason, it's just, it's never, I'm, ne- I'm just not, I'm le- much less driven to get it out as I am to make the fucking thing, unfortunately. I need to, you know, find some of that fire in the uh, in the distro area. But, I mean, no, definitely it'd be fun. Um, it's very easy and very possible to, I got the Blu-ray burner for, you know, had to burn some Blu-rays for some film festivals. It's pretty, it looks great. One of the best screenings of Cogazoid by far was on the Blu-ray that I gave them one time to play, you know, so. Um, How's the Blu-ray burner working for you? Because, you know. Pain in the I, ass I'm, half the time. Thank you. I just, I'm like, if you're having an easy time with it, you're doing something nobody else's. Because burning Blu-rays for a film fest is one of the least fun things. And yes. it's not even my job. I just hear about it. Oh yeah, I, we just sit in a room with the person doing it and they're cursing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, especially usually you've got you know forty eight hours to do it, and it's taking thirty six hours to burn or something. Mm-hmm. And the first one will never work. Yes. All right. Well, okay, we gotta you gotta keep up with us on Caucasoid because that film, um, it's one of the it's what I love about indie horror because when I think of it, I can remember the tone, the pacing. I remember all of uh, the close-ups of you with no hair, the vein <laughs> popping out of your neck. And, you know, it's interesting to juxtapose it to your new film, which almost had the complete opposite, like, pace. Like, it's got a kinetic energy there. Ensemble. Yeah, and it, a lot more actors. And, dude, where did you find these people? They're all great, uh, except for Paul Lazar. Oh, man. Whoa, when he popped up, I'm like, oh, y'all made it. <laughs> this is awesome. Home run. How'd you get in contact with them? Paul Azar was just from um, my uh, this guy Roy Fodry, who's like um, the coolest guy ever. That's this theater guy that lives out here in Western Mass. I had him as a teacher at HCC, which is also as we've talked about before, where me and Ben met. HCC has proven to be a great, a great payoff <laughs> in a lot of ways, meeting a lot of people. But um, Roy's done theater, you know, since the seventies, and he's met a million people. And Paul Azar is one of them, and. I was just talking to him one day about like I know I know I had known that um Roy knew Willem Dafoe uh for a little bit before. So I was being like, ah, you know, Roy, it's just like if I could just get one actor to be, you know, <laughs> in a movie. I'm like fishing for like Willem Dafoe and then he's like brings up Paul Azar and I'm like, That name sounds familiar and I look it up, I'm like, Oh my god, it's fucking sounds to the Lambs guy and then um and then a lot of the movie, you know, that was one of the, you know, maybe three inspirations to even do the movie was to something for Paul Lazar. So I'm like, all right, if we can do something where we get him in one day, like Hannibal Lecter in Sounds of the Lambs, or, you know, he's in 15 minutes of the movie when it comes down to it. Like, he could be kind of a heavy character in terms of, you know, some bad guy or whatever, you know what I mean, whatever you want to say. And um, so we shot his stuff in one day, and it's just two scenes, but you know, stuff like that. So a lot of the movie was kind of like that reverse engineered and then being ex- as economic as possible in terms of time and utilizing who we get with all these and trying to make like, you know, a lot of short films with all these different people you don't need. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, um, as you know, in context of Caucasoid where it's one person, the whole movie, this was like, you don't need one person 
for six days straight. You just need them for these two days or these three days. I don't think any actor was there for more than three days total. Um, so that was all, it was all part of this idea Smart. to do something very different in that amount of time. You know, a lot of the movie just comes from those limitations and just who we had, you know, there. And then all the other actors are people um, that I've met out here. I don't, I'm trying to think. I think most most Jocelyn, who plays um, Lily, one of the teenagers, has acted before in, in plays and stuff. Neither of those other teenage girl characters had acted before. One of them I went to school with at Hampshire. The other one I had worked with, with um, Adam and Elisa, who are the other actors in the movie who have a landscaping business, and I worked for them, and they hired Katie, and I was like, it was, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, it's, I, I like this experience of, you know, you meet people in your life and you kind of see how they are and their character kind of shows itself. And that's what makes me think like, they'd be great in a fucking movie. You know what I mean? They could like show up, <laughs> they'd do it. You know what I mean? I, I know they'd show up on time because <laughs> they show up here on time. So, you know, and they kick ass and everything. And I, so it was, everything was like that. It was more just intuition of could this person, is this person like, not are they an actor, but do they have like the, uh, the thing, you know, it takes to kind of let go and jump into unknown territory. And usually that's most exciting for me is when it's unknown territory for the actor because they, they do. Um, it's like, so they have nothing to fall back on. So it's such raw creation. And especially when they fuck up and I'm like, you know, if you fuck up, do not, you know, don't stop unless I say cut. If you forget your lines, sit there and figure out what to do until I, but don't stop until I say cut. You know what I mean? Everyone is just so willing to give it a shot. Um, so it was a really great experience with all these non-actors, you know, and then having some actor, some experienced actors in the mix um, was not like an issue as I feared it might be. Everyone kind of got along and uh, did have fun together and was, you know, it was, it felt very equal. It was kind of cool. So are Adam and, um, <laughs> Adam and Elisa, they're the couple in the movie. Yes. Yes. Are they really a couple in real life? Yes. Man, they had the weirdest chemistry. <laughs> I couldn't, you know, I kept the whole time I was watching this. I'm like, now that Nick's like more, it felt like you were more behind the camera. I kept thinking like, did Nick make him wear that VHS hat? Or is that him? That That's him. That's him. Okay. We, were, we were just over that their place for a movie night last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they felt so... Uh, uh, like 3D, like lived in. Mm. And now I understand why. But mm-hmm. now, like there's a moment, and I know this film's not out. You can't even see Cogazord, but I have to talk about it. They're they're at a park and they're having what felt like a very real conversation about like enjoying nature. And then the dude's like, but I got shit to do. And he's going to leave. And they both drove there, drove there separately, which drives me crazy. Because I know couples that will go on vacation apart from each other. And I'm like, what are you really, do you like each other? Like what was happening here? It's none of your business. I get it. But then he's like, all right, peace. And he left and there was no kiss goodbye or anything. No, yeah. like even, and I'm like, was that a choice? So did you, like, were they instructed to act kind of like there's a little bit of room here or was that all them? No, that was an, inst- that was, um, that was part of the idea. I mean, it was one of those things I was, I, I, um, you lose so much when things get whittled down. Originally, there's a lot of stuff to their dynamic. Um, like originally, I really wanted to be a very almost confusing, contradictory dynamic where there's a lot of you know having a lot of a lot of good moments and a lot of annoying moments and different things between them. So <laughs> that you, but but what what we ended up getting was really was this more um, 
more of the annoying moments, you know, where you really do sense they're like, there's this rift going on. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it was just kind of like, um, I mean, that really was about it. I mean, it, it's, it was kind of, kind of the sense that we already meet them at this point in their dynamic where, um, I mean, I was thinking about the movie, how like, at least, um, it's like, they're each kind of becoming victims of their own shit and that's pulling them away from each other at this time. And I wanted that to kind of build up over this thing where they were, and then they each kind of drift their own ways into two different protagonist situations. You know, there's something to that kind of logic I was trying to go for very abstractly. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's good that you had less in there because what I took away was that they, they like each other. They're just incredibly independent people Mm -hmm. who, you know, like what they like and do what they do. And, um, you know, I won't, I won't go more into that, but I do think the way that the, the film resolves is strengthened by their weird dynamic. Because for most of the movie, I'm like, what is Adam doing? <laughs> like when he's just like when he's interacting with people, I'm like, I can't figure out this guy's motivation because he seems yeah. like, but you love that hat that well, the hat was weird too. Like his whole dress up, like the whole way he looked reminded me of like um, hipsters I would hang out with over in like my community college days. And I would get, oh boy. yeah, I, high times. Yeah. Who would, who would like to buy like, um, small press comics mm-hmm. and give me side eyes for doing like buying horror ones or whatever, yeah. but it felt very real. And I'm like, is he a tough guy or is he like a tough guy who's trying to be reformed? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I liked it. I just, I wanted to know what was the choice. And also like you're working with BR who, you know, for people who don't know, he's a fantastic novelist and also makes incredibly in-depth characters do you ever give him shit or like, do you all talk or like you like Nick, I would, I would make him a little bit different here. Oh, I mean, we do, we do a lot of like, we did like a lot of workshopping in terms of just kind of like, like, cause I'm like not a like trained actor or anything like that. So we're, and this is like a character who's like very much outside of like my typical demeanor even. Um, so we did like a lot of like I would kind of try to figure he would bring like a lot of ideas and like a lot of um, sort of motivations and like kind of like workshopping of like physical behavior and things like that. And I would kind of like go over and we would figure out like what can I plausibly do in terms of like my limited range and like ability. Um, so it was it was a lot of like just going back and forth and like workshopping and like. You know, it's just setting up a camera and like in a field or something like that and like going through different scenes or just like improvising like movement through space like over like a period of time and like figuring out like uh, the stances, you know, like physical like attributes and stuff like like I'm always like hunched in and everything. And like one of the big th- tips was that like Nick Ferry is like, no, put your shoulders back, your chest out, kind of kick your feet a little bit when you're walking and everything. It's like sort of figuring out like a more kind of like <laughs> domineering and masculine like stance and everything, which like isn't me in my typical life. Um, so it was, it was very much like a very like, I think that's how it was with like all of the actors. It was like a lot of back and forth and like really full collaboration. Like as opposed, like it's not like sort of the things you hear from like David Fincher or something where it's like, you feel like you're almost like an action figure being manipulated. It's like, not like that at all, but like, which isn't to say that like Nick's 
fingerprint isn't all over everything and that he wasn't ultimately kind of like guiding everything, but it was like a very just collaborative environment. Um, Yeah. One of the, one of the big things for me, uh, we just watched another indie movie from some of our friends and one of the the death knells of an indie film Mm. is you can tell when a director is not filming people correctly, Mm -hmm. like it's making them look bad, especially when they have a lot of pretty girls in there. And it's like, Dude, what what are you doing? And Nick, I think you you really elevated uh, Ben here, the way you captured him on that screen. Because Clark was watching the movie and came down, and he's like, "Dude, you're gonna fucking love him in this movie. Yeah. He plays a hell of a character." And I, you kind of put the bar high for me, but uh, you didn't undersell it. Like I think y'all have a good collaboration going. <laughs> it's fun. It's a lot good. of fun. <laughs> It looks so good I, in this movie. <laughs> he's so, I, so confusing because he's so disturbing, but he looks so good. Is one of my favorite things on screen is are idiots. I mm. love idiots. Yes, on, and, and, no right one, and no one, yes. no one, no <laughs> one. You know, it's we're I'm, we're working towards something. But like you know, t- take the Cohen brothers for example. You know, yes. like they they know how to you know use that you know, like a tool and it's, it's perfect. Like they know how to elevate the fool. And I think that, you know, with Ben's portrayal of in this is I had a, I love the movie and I loved everything that you brought to the table because like, like the, the first scene that we have of Ben is when you're in the playground. And like you said, we, we, you know, is that the shot you were talking about? Kind of, well, kind of in the field where we've got some high grass there. So we get a little bit of texture there. And then we see you guys far away talking. And then the, the closer we get, then we're finally, you know, we get a close up of you two. It's we're even more disturbed because like it's like we're hearing this, you know, uh, inappropriate dialogue a little bit. Then we get in there and like, all right. I don't know what's happening. I'm uncomfortable, but this guy's got a story to tell and I want to know more. <laughs> And that I was hooked from the get go. And then you commence your walk. You've got your, your arch back and the, the belly's popping. And I, I was in from get go. And so excellent job, both accounts. And so like Nick, what, from your perspective though, like you knew this character, you know, how did you know that, that Ben was going to fit that mold so well? I mean, it's it's only intuition. It can only ever be intuition. I mean, the yeah. thing is, you never, I, I'm never, I never know. You know, it's like, um, it's always a little bit of a dare or a little bit of a, um, you know, a gamble. If, uh, but that's what you got to, you have to, have to hit the fucking wall with it. And I know what Ben's got is the fucking drive, the determinant. He loves doing it, you know. So I'm like, we're going yeah. to get somewhere interesting, no matter what we do, you know. So that's why we really did, um. It's just so much fun. And Ben is somebody that just responds very well to, um, as I'm sure most actors do, you know, intense preparation and um, exploration and workshopping. You know, we did things like when we started workshopping the first day, it was like reading some lines and then like just doing like moving like, like I would do everything with him so he didn't feel like an idiot. So we'd run around like gorillas, do these gorilla (laughs) things and make gorilla sounds. I kept thinking about like, this guy's like a gorilla, but also like a, like a pug. Like he's always choking. Like he's always really tense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And and adorable. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) 
you know, so things like that. You go for those really, and then we tried, you know, doing his voice like extremely deep, like comically deep, and just literally doing the lines in this comically over the top way, which would allow. For, and then when you pull back from that, you know, you've unlocked this other register that's kind of there now, and you're not even trying to do anything different, but something's a little different there that you've, you know, you push a little too far and then come back and. I don't know. It's a lot of things like that. It's just, it is pure. So it's just one of those things where I know it's like, I know we, um, we can explore well together and stuff and we're going to get somewhere and that's all I ever know. So it's one of those things that it's fun to definitely try to hit a mark that's so far. And it's more about, it's just like seeing how far can we go and keep it real, you know, which I yeah. feel like we did mainly keep it pretty real, right? Or yeah. true, you know, true or real, yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> So Ben, how was it just kind of letting loose and uh, just fully committing to to being an idiot? This, this was this was honestly like again, I love that you pick up on that because like like one of my favorite things to see is things done, complex things done incompetently and like yeah. failure, seeing failure on screen and like, um, but I just I, it was like one of my favorite create hands down one of my favorite like creative experiences whatsoever it was just um you know you get lost in the process of it and like you know you have so much like adrenaline going because you have like limited amount of time to get like these shots you're trying to there's like there's a lot of fun pressure going on um it, it was just great it was like it was a really really excellent time the entire time like you know i i I was just kind of, I too was kind of depressed when it was over. It was a long t We talked about it for a fucking year and a half before too, basically. Right. Or a year. -ish. Yeah. Like I think it was like January that we had that meeting with Adam and Elisa yeah, going right. over the, the, like the very rough script. Yeah. Initially. It used yeah. to be like double the amount of, it was like a three hour story. Sometimes it feels like that too. A three hour story well down to an hour and a half story. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it was just like, it was like one of those big, it's such a huge, long buildup, six days done, you know, such a weird thud to shoot that, which I, it's first time, you know, we had shot that way before, because usually it was shooting over months, which you get to have fun with it a little bit, or you get to be in it for longer, which is more fun, you know. Now, you shot with a bunch of actual teenagers? Did I get that right? Nope, no teen. Well, the only person that's actually a teenager is uh, Iggy, who plays the kid in the field earlier on, but he's 18. Because there's no actually like children in the movie. You know, hey, good job. Because yeah. honestly, I couldn't tell. Thank like, God. Like it casted no, correctly. That was a huge concern for me. I did not want the 30-year-old teenagers. And there was, everyone was at least 25 of those teenagers. You know, 25, well, late 20s. It, it's funny because I it doesn't really, you don't think about it a lot because horror movies kind of fail to cast visually appropriately in this uh, in this particular area ever. So when you did, when you did it and it was very effective, I couldn't help but notice how much more um, tragic things uh, like appear to be. Well, Cause when you're a teenager, there's always the like, yeah, they're doing dumb shit now, but they're young. And like, you didn't lose that by having like 35 year olds playing these characters. So I, I was sitting there for a minute. I'm like, how did he, cause in my head I'm thinking, okay, Caucasoid, you know, it's not out right now but you're a second time feature filmmaker now 
and you're going around and you're trying to cast to teenagers and you're like, they're like, oh, have you made anything else before? And you're showing them Caucasoid. I'm like, this has to be, <laughs> this can't be a good situation. So, you know, honestly, <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad to learn that they're not, except for that one boy who also was a fantastic on-screen character. Totally. Like one of my favorite things about that, that long shot yeah. is when we get up close, it's like, oh shit, Ben is like, He's coming in firing right yeah. now. But also this, <laughs> this this kid, I'm like, this kid's got a story to tell too. Also, just so well, you he's know. He's going to be a sergeant straight out of high school. I was going to say, we've been saying that line around the house. Like, How would you like to be a sergeant by the time you get out of high school? I'm like, that is the fucking worst thing. <laughs> the most evil promise I've ever heard. <laughs> Also, where did that where did that police uniform come from? Oh. <laughs> it was like spirit. spirit I was always, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so he looked like he came straight out of a bachelorette party, right? Yeah, right? right. The fucked up the P Olis, you know, the P is all <laughs> like, drifted apart from the rest of the word. It's like, <laughs> man, you know, anybody listening out there, that was key. Be, I think, dude, yeah. everything, everything works. It was beautiful. Here. And it looks like a fucking million dollars, dude. Oh man, I can't believe I look great. I can't believe you made it for so little. And, and that's why I want to talk about. Um, and the very important. We talked about this a, a decent amount. Um, you know, last time we spoke about with Cockazoid was the music, mm-hmm. and the music was a huge part in this story. Um, and it was, um, you know, you, you kind of you gave us some different. Uh, sort of looks with the music on this one because I we're kind of getting tossed around, but I liked it, you know, because at the beginning it, it felt very, it felt very again. Uh, you know, forgive me, I'll knock on wood, I'll put a dollar in the jar, whatever I got to do. But it did felt a little Lynchian, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> because we are you're dealing with. What well, I mean, am I wrong? No, because we're dealing yeah, a hundred percent. Because like we're dealing with suburbia, and you know, it, you got the whole thing, and it just works with the melodrama. It, it just it was perfect. Um, and then we kind of get you know away from that a little bit. So yeah, talk about the music. Uh, it was fantastic. That was um, Renato Montenegro, who's a very very talented musician that um, used to live out in Western Mass, and I think he's in New York now. But um, um known through friends since forever and he's reached out he loved the jeremy's score for cock so he said he'd love to score something so we i had such a wide like Renato does all these like really it's like one of those like very like you know he's like a great a smarty pants musician that does all this like you know old stuff i don't even i don't even fucking know what to say you know i don't know anything about music honestly but it's like yeah. everything like converse once i started having conversations with him i realized how little i knew you know he's talking about modes and everything and i'm like but you know what you want and that's all I I had, thank god there's references you know i, I gave yeah. him so many references set such a wide cast such a wide net and i still was not sure it was one of those things where it's like we started with the I started with the music before we had shot the movie and i was not sure you know, you really, I was not sure, you know, what exactly the movie would be calling for yet, because I, d- I didn't know how, um, to what degree it was going to be at all feel like it had an action element to it, which it did not, you know what I mean, at all. But there was some music, you know, some almost like beat heavy music that was being made that ended up being like nowhere near um, appropriate for the movie. So that it ended up, I, I was really... um 
I showed him a lot of like Jack Nietzsche scores, you know, for oh, um, my man, you know, that kind of shit. The strings again, which is a little bit like the Caucasoid yeah. strings. It was not, it's not too, those things that the influences weren't so far from those influences. Um, Russ, Jack Nietzsche, uh, for, uh, um, uh, real quick, when we did the, uh, virtual event and the song that got us kicked off of YouTube, when we released everything, that we used in the actual... Oh, yeah. We used the Jack Nietzsche song in the closing credits of a thing we shot, and <laughs> it got pulled from YouTube. So, yeah. Yeah. Big Jack Nietzsche guy over here. Was it a soundtrack piece? or? Original? Oh, it was uh, It was The Lonely Surfer. So, like, oh, the, yes. one of the oh. most famous Jack Nietzsche songs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got ripped off YouTube. But, you know, it was all over the place. So the music definitely, it was like, um, I was I was very, very excited. I was also like, you know, the, the necromantic soundtrack, like that weird things where it's like German. It's almost like feels like uncomfortable German, gross German porn <laughs> music or something. You know what I mean? Like something like piano music that you'd see, a, you know, up against like VHS grimy porn. I was like trying to find these like weird... Um, like things that kind of, I liked having these weird, um, almost like it's a weird nightmare fairy tale. Like, the, like you know, it starts very much like the idyllic thing, and then it gets a little putrefied as it goes, you know. And then, um, especially like you know, I'm just gonna, I don't know, we're not saying too much, but it's like the, there's one one track that repeats itself. That I, it's the most psychotic track, and it's weird jauntiness to me. The one that it starts in the during the wood situation, mm-hmm. and then comes back again during a you know home invasion situation i feel like when it comes back in that second time it's even more like it's like a sick evil laugh in your face like the jauntiness becomes so sick at that point like i just like and it's one of those things where i feel like it's such a it is very bizarre when you make want to make choices like that the reactions are going to be so all over the place in terms of like someone being like what a weird, what a poor choice of music here. This is weird. You know what I mean? That was perfect. I love it. It was like really about trying to push those, um, just making something so, the dissonance so intense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. such strange, like it's so not what's supposed to be there in every way, you know? And what is that? I don't know. Something like that. It, it you know, it read to me like, okay, so you got a film that's kind of a cautionary tale about like, social media in a in a way yet it's all shot in like nature and i thought music was the way that you tied it together like it's almost like despite what you're a part of and the field you're sitting in you're still kind of um in this blanket of music that is completely the opposite of what is going on in your real life and i don't know it just felt like people were ignoring the you know it's funny because you made a movie that feels small town there's a lot of bad things going on in this small town, but yet you never really get anybody reacting to it. That's like uh, not a character. Like everybody, re- everybody in the movie is involved in a way, but there, you never see like a police siren or like a, there's no extra. Are there any extras in your movie? Mm, I don't know. No. Joey makes that cameo in the basketball park. Cinematographer. He's he's the bartender, but then also earlier in the movie, he's playing basketball in the park. <laughs> I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, I love that you're berating the cinematographer <laughs> in the bar. Well, it's funny because you know you you would like to think that if you're out on um, school ground, you're safe, 
but yet, you know, we have a wide shot that is kind of reinforcing the idea like these people are completely alone. And even though this interaction's happening in broad daylight, they're not like whispering. It's like there's That's nobody it. here. Yeah. That's it 100%. Like that. It always and talks that about ending, um, that ending shot we were always talking about. It's like the thing is like this is all like just happening in the open. Um, and yeah. like we really want to like hold on to that feeling throughout that it wasn't like little like dirty deeds being done in the shadows or anything like that. This was all like just out and about, but no one was paying attention to it. And, you know, without, (laughs) with that, you know, this won't spoil anything, but there's one time where a character runs into another character and it wasn't like a planned meeting. And then we get like a vertigo esque chasing going on. (laughs) And it's just like, it's, I don't know. It's otherworldly. Man, you really made something interesting. And um, I feel cruel teasing these films without letting people watch them. We got to figure it out. Just know, hit hit, hit us up on Instagram or wherever for the links. DM us, email us. Email us, anything. Because, man, it's the real shit, baby. DM us, we'll send you our movie. You know, I loved it. Done. I love it. Are the films reviewed on Letterboxd? I haven't looked. Yes, yes. They're all over. The reviews are very satisfyingly all over the place. You can get a a little bit of everything on there. (laughs) You know, it's weird because the discourse on Letterboxd, a lot of the time when people are clearly trying to like have a movie get ignored or like they don't watch it and they're like, I'm not watching this because it's a little too edgelord or too politic. It almost is a beacon for me. And me and Clark, we're going to talk about one. Well, actually the episode will be out earlier this week, but I'm just curious. Like you guys don't suffer from that, right? No. Like bad reviews? Good. Well, almost like people aren't even willing to touch it. And, you know, I think um, with Jaeger's like following, because do you, do they follow you into the film world? All a your novel bit. fans? A little bit. Like um, there's like, there's been some crossover. Yeah. Like uh, some people have shown up at screenings and stuff like that. But um, yeah, there, yeah, there's, there's a degree of crossover. Yeah. Because uh, your fan base is great. They, they have mm. to have like a very adult nuance to like, weighed into your bleak uh, art and i almost i can't tell if if you're bleeding into like nick or y'all are friends just because y'all want to make bleak art in different mediums well column a column b you know yeah yeah but i i almost i think it's a good marriage because i i don't know the battle i feel in the film world is there's not enough of that nuance mm. like i know people who won't even they're not even willing to talk about a movie because somebody may be related to somebody who's like politically entrenched. And I don't, it's like, dude, I thought this was what film was for to like talk about weird ideas. If we can't yeah. fucking talk about Caucasoid, there's a problem. But yeah, I'm glad that hasn't touched you. And um, man, Sweet Relief is really good, dude. You're fucking, I really liked Caucasoid, but I think this is better. <laughs> And I think it's a little bit more challenging too. You got a couple of um, slow cinema takes out there. Yes. Yeah. So, so Nick, kind of walk like, you know, again, you know, our listeners, uh, we, we don't have a point of reference here. So, kind of, uh, what was sort of your inspiration? Uh, you know, in terms of you know what you were shooting for tonally, because I got, um, I, I, I don't know if this is fully fair, but. I felt a little Todd Solancy. Oh, okay. Oh, here we go. We got Ben is the first yeah. one to have said, you said I, I, like after I, we shot it, you were like, this is a little Todd Solancy, right? 
my my sloppy description like bullet <laughs> description i've been saying to everyone is like it's, it's like if todd salons directed a saw movie um <laughs> which like isn't accurate at all uh but yeah no, i know i definitely like funny. feel like the todd salons vibes like very much Oh, so, and then I can't help, you know, I see the the last days poster in the background. I think we talked about it last time, but like, yeah, you know, yeah. that early Van Zant stuff too. Like, you know, absolutely. I feel that as well. But yeah, like were that was those in your head, you know? It's funny because it's um it was such it was such a long time of of rewriting, 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 rewriting that I'm trying to remember what, what, you know, there's so many influences. I'm, I can't even think of which one stuck at some point, but I mean, the whole thing did start. I originally was going to try and churn out another movie in 2021. <laughs> and I was like trying to like in the summer, I was ready to like do another one. Um, And then I was trying to, th- and I, the first idea or notion was to do something, you know, something different from Caucasus and that it would be a lot of separate characters, like a lot of different shorts with them doing their own thing. And then Ben's idea was to have something related to, something like the blue whale challenge or one of those online challenges. Ooh. And I was like, Oh, interesting. But then I just could not, it's like, it's strange. It became like part of the story too, through Adam's character where it's like, for some reason I got, so I had such a hard time. I just didn't, I ended up not coming up with being able to come up with something I liked along with that idea. And I was trying to force that idea. And then a few things had to like, I had to not try to make a movie so quick for a few reasons. And then by the time I got back to it, I was like, still, uh, there was something about this idea I wanted to do, but I was just like so sick of all the ideas I was getting that would were so cliche that would would be this whole idea, blah 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 blah. And then it ended up being like all of this comes up in Adam's character. Someone just hates this stupid game. It's not even interesting. This is a joke. Who could take this seriously? And all it's like it's like it's so it's a, it's a weird like um almost like um it was a very convoluted. And I think that sure the movie's like I, I mean to me the movie is like. Um, I think Caucasoid has its own element of this too. It's like a, it's a sick mind stuck in the gutter. It's like, it's, it's stuck. It's like, it's like, it's convoluted. Like every character is kind of in their own, in their own hole. And um, so I don't know, but so, but that's not really answering in terms of film, <laughs> film inspirations. But so that was like sort of, it was a slow, slow, weird um, process of like it coming and then it was very very long and ended up getting whittled down more and more elisa's character ended up having elisa has a twin sister in real life and we're going to try and work that into the movie as well which is a whole other oh a Shyamalan twist <laughs> it was gonna be this whole other insane thing and i was just like what are we i'm like how many fucking movies is this show trying to be and i was like trying to be as economic as possible like all right if we are shooting in six days blah 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 blah, blah. but so when it came down to it it was a lot of those um you know, movies that there's a lot of movies that g- generally ones that um I really like that sort of uh, straddle that line between the art house and horror, and a lot of times those are European or French things, and the sort of like the very violent countryside movie, the very violent. It's like fa- the fairy tale, but um full of all the insinuated rape and murder and <laughs> you know things and straw like, dogs. Feeling. Yes. And like in the modern, very modern day, very New England, all these things. So I was watching a lot of, a lot of that. Um, you know, Michael Haneke was definitely there, but also you know the stuff, the last days, and those those films are kind of definitely like always in my. I'm trying to trying less and less to rip those off all the time. <laughs> it's one of those things, but those kinds of movies that do think if this had to be in one shot, where would it be? And 
the power of the one shot and feeling certain things through and then also the anxiety of the one shot where it's like when you play with start playing with things in the background things far away coming close it becomes a um it goes from something relaxing and satisfying to something more paranoid and um um like tri- trick like trickery starts coming into play and everything so and then thinking about oddly enough thinking about like you know what if this was like making like a halloween movie like a halloween remake today but not like a halloween remake that they make but like the spirit of the original halloween which was like a john carpenter stripped down haunted house movie you know what i mean yeah. which is like and then the weird influence of that where it's like this paul is our character is trying to do that to scare these kids but is kind of like looks goofy when he dresses up and it's not really that scary and he's actually very scary himself not when he puts on this whole (laughs) costume you know and like sort of so it's one of those things so it's a little bit of a weird i can sense some people maybe feeling like it's a pretentious dig on the horror movie or, or a slasher movie and being like over serious or something which i definitely i it might be you know but i don't really that was kind of the uh it felt right at the time to be to you know go those ways and try those things out you know um but i think like you're yeah it's definitely adam has said a lot about how much cogazoid is a very immediate movie and this is the opposite it's really yeah. hard to grasp what it is which might be a little less less of an in your face fun ridiculous experience than the last one a little more it takes a little more patience you have to meet it where it is and uh that's just not what a lot of people are in for, you know, but it's hard when you want to make a movie that's so different and then you're trying to show it and you're like, Oh fuck. It's, it's like really weird. Not, it's not like a movie. What are we, they don't like it. You know, it's a weird, like comedy, like weird <laughs> well, thing, know, but I feel good standing by this one though. Cause I think everyone, it's a great fucking, you know, we did a good job pulling that off. I think I'll say. You did anyway. a perfect job. It's, <laughs> it's a fantastic movie. And it's cause here's the thing. It's thoughtful. And it's nuanced. And unfortunately, because most people have the intelligence level of uh, Ben's character in the film, um, <laughs> it, it doesn't sell the popcorn like it should. I, that's just where it is. That's just what it is. Dude, I don't think I don't think Ben's character was like dumb. You know, I know what he you're was ta- dumb. You know what you know, I know it was what, an inside perspective. <laughs> he, he he was pretty dumb. He was a pretty dumb <laughs> guy. No, see, to me, me and Clark agree that like dumb characters are really the ones that can bl- they can um blossom on screen. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea is like Michael Scott. Like you're like, this guy's an idiot and he's a boss. That's all I know, and I don't like him. But then, you know, he's given the opportunity to, <laughs> through great uh, struggle, <laughs> he can show what he's really all about and be, like, incredibly endearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And show that he's worked 100 times harder to do something nice that he doesn't even realize doesn't matter. or so, You know, like, and I thought that Ben's character was just uh, not self-aware. Mm-hmm. And he was actually kind of, like, flat-footed and oafish and mm-hmm. scary. But in his mind, he thought he was like Guy Fieri or something. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, like, yes, 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 yes. yeah, like sure. He's yeah. the lead singer of Smash Mouth. Yeah, and, R. All, <laughs> and I agree with everything you said. And I would put that under the umbrella of stupid. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many people that you run to in real life where you're like, you don't know what you look like. And you know, mm. I may even fall in that category. So maybe yeah. that's why I'm defending them. I think we all do. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of that element for me that there's certain people in my extended New England family there's a streak of that that I it's an endearing trait to me yeah that I love but it's so infuriating at the same time that I definitely you know I think we're we're thinking of of like this somebody that is in their own world 
And in that world, they're the fucking shit. They have got it figured out. Everyone knows them, you know, and it's like, and they just walk around and it's this, and it's this desperate, psychotic clinging to that reality. And everyone around you has to follow suit in that reality. And if you don't, you're ruining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yep. know? <laughs> you know, it. you could draw a line through all the characters in your movie and or you could organize them by like how self-aware they are, because I think you've kind of separated all the Gen Z characters and like they live in a social media world and they're very, uh, they're hyper aware of it. But then you also have like the shape looming in the background, like your Michael Myers character. And it's almost like horror movies are there. They've permeated this world of like TikTok horror reel shit, which is there's it's thriving. There's a lot of those vertical little short things and they're creepy. But, you know, the the audience they're hitting that are going out there and doing terrible things maybe aren't aware of Halloween. So I don't I feel like this comes together perfectly. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. Thanks very much. Dude. Yeah. And Ben, again, you're fantastic in the fucking (laughs) film. I really think your performance uh, not working would would have hindered the film. Mm. because it's almost like we want to root for you i don't know if i'm something's wrong with me because immediately we're warned when you first show up it's like we know yeah it's like, all right sums up but but i'm here but he's also kind of a failure so we don't mm-hmm. get to see him kind actually of. well you know because mm-hmm. if he were better at what he was doing it would be more immediate who he was immediately mm-hmm. even though we know yeah but i'm still like rooting for you yeah mm-hmm. i know how dare you dude <laughs> there's something about the tight shirt on like a gut too like yeah. because you're you're not huge and it's like he could hide that he, you know what i mean like but yeah. we purposely got everything in a like a size smaller than what i actually wear um when we were we went out shopping another i think we should also just throw out that we were talking about um get even quite a bit too yes. um yeah that was like a thing that we're uh like or champagne yeah. and bullets or a Road to Revenge, the, uh, yeah. the most divorced movie ever made. Um, John D. Hart and Wingshauser. This this what? the famous I version. Oh, well, you know it. We we talked about it. There was uh, we were going to get it, but it's like seventy dollars DVD or something. It's on Tubi what? now. It's on. It's oh, worth your time. Oh baby! It, 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 so it's essentially like the story of it is essentially that's this guy um, who just really wants to make like this like eighties action movie, and he's like this kind of archetype of just kind of like a, just just some guy, some like probably pretty divorced guy um, who's like trying to be who like um, and like that's the guy who made the film and like starred in it, and did the score for it. And it's just like this very much this like guy who's so it's like Gerald, my character, that's like what's running around in his head when he's going through all the things that he's like, okay, I'm like, I'm on the beat. I'm this like, I'm like fucking Gene Hackman and something in like Night Moves, which I just watched or something. Um, But obviously from the outside, you don't see that. Guys, check out Get Even. It's it's very much like there's a scene where. A very drunken and probably coked up in real life Wingshauser gets home and is looking at all his bills and is just shooting them with a gun one by one over and over. That's the whole movie. That's the movie in a nutshell right there, I would say. But that kind of thing, it's almost like there's something about that movie where the the behavior of these of these men is so audacious and yet completely fucking true. And that's why it's so upsetting 
like I always remember, you know, a moment when, you know, dad gets scary to me, whenever dad got scary or gets upset, you think it's, I thought it was a joke at first because it was kind of ridiculous. I was like, and then you're like, oh shit, that's real. It's, it's, yeah. it's that kind of sense where it's like when people really are at the, at the edge of their rope, it's kind of embarrassingly ridiculous. You know what I mean? It's always hits on that sense of like, it is too far. It's definitely too far. It's awful, you know, but it gets yeah. it right. These kinds of movies somehow don't, they, they're genuinely subversive when they're just trying to make an action movie. You know, it's very, very <laughs> like um, endearing and like, feels like what real, it's a great creative, I don't know, thing. I don't know. Yeah. So I, I went down a rabbit hole. I was trying to find the title. Um, if uh, you're listening along, it's Champagne and Bullets on IMDb. And I jumped into a Reddit thread. They said, if you want to watch the movie, all you got to do is contact John D. Hart directly and he'll mail you one. That was three years ago, but <laughs> it sounds like y'all are a piece in a pod here. You're just like, reach out and we'll yeah. let you watch the movie. <laughs> also, uh, just while we were mentioning uh, films that um, Sweet Relief reminded us of, was I the only one that got a, we're all going to the World's Fair? Like that oh, popped oh, up to me. Like I had just seen that before and um I was nervous at first. I was like, I have to see this to make sure I'm not doing something. I'm not going to try to do something that it just did. And thankful, I was just very happy that it was kind of a completely different thing. Oh, yeah. We yeah. For. The vibe was, is the same. The movie, completely different. Yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. Have you seen that, Ben? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That seemed like a movie that would be in your cue zone. Right now. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love that film. Yeah. Oh, you like the, the, the visual. I love the, the visual. You loved, there's... um the you know low five visual vibrationy mm. kind of aesthetic that comes with that kind of movie is something definitely up in oh, yeah. yeah yeah i love the idea of um our protagonist might be a troll on the internet right and <laughs> we we don't really right. get to see her beyond that mm-hmm. like yeah, she might yeah, be yeah, trolling right. us which mm-hmm. is yes. you know the argument i make all the time mm-hmm. yeah but uh man you got to get your movies out there i i feel i know i know that. i want to share That's- them with people what what if we put a, a screening together? Would you let oh, us show I'd it in a theater? That, please. I love yeah, those things. Those that. are just so rewarding. Yeah. I mean, I wish we could do a screening a weekend, you know, for God's sake, and just show it that way. That would be so much fun. What do you mean? Like a whole weekend? Are we talking about... Like, uh, for, like you know, the rest of my life, you know? like. Every- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, me and Clark have been flirting with the idea of hooking up with these theaters out here and trying to do something regular. And then we Man, always so have that such would be cool sick. guests. That would be sick. Dude, we'd show them both. We should we should try and do I mean, that. We do one Oxana, yeah. Can you you put that down on the calendar? We should reach out. Um, <laughs> Three yeah, hours man, of I, feature, dude. Fuck yeah. Well, actually, your features. How long are they both? Are they ninety minutes each? Uh, they're just under. Yeah. Man, they always feel thank, like. Thank you for your service. Yeah, <laughs> but they, they you know, there's no reason to get a, you know, don't marvelize your movies, Nick. <laughs> yeah. You're on the right path. Ninety and done. You have to we see got Gerald to age six for half an hour to get <laughs> to get the full picture. You know, God. <laughs> I don't know. They got the they got the feel of like a seventy minute movie though. Like they feel yes. really like yes. I feel energized when I come out of them, and they they're breezy. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, God, which yeah. is hard to do when you got like two minute long takes. People- <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> that, that's it. very, um, very affirming. Thank you. All right. Well, you got to make a fucking found footage movie. Oh, my Again, God. I'm, no, you know, I brought it up last time. We had a good interview need- and you ruined it with this shit. <laughs> we need an in-world camera one. It'll be a built in. We'll just we won't even watch it. We'll show it at the film fest. Oh. So what the fuck are you doing? Also, I'm going to let Madeline know when you go out to Puff. 
to also bug you about this too. Uh, so there's no escaping it. <laughs> no, I love it's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's like, what do you do? It's like you gotta have the what an idea. You need a good idea, you know? It's like um fishing you like build off? for a good idea, you know, mm-hmm. maybe. Dude, build Sometimes off of this yeah. movie. You could do some TikTok shit with people playing sweet relief. It's all in hey, quote, yeah. vertical, you know dude. It. It's you right there. A universe. And Gerald's like Gerald and yeah, <laughs> Gerald and Andrew from Caucasoid chill in at the convenience store. <laughs> it, it does feel Yo. like they're in the same suburb. <laughs> like I did. Was I the only one? Did you think of that at all? Like it felt like Caucasoid could have been like like mm. it feels like you'd be a director who would make another feature and call it like the Small Town Trilogy or something. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, I, I like the idea of playing with that as we continue because it, these are all shot in the same fucking place. There, there is um the bit where with Gerald's character and the bag, that whole scenario where mm-hmm. he's being watched in the woods is like, just like a, like probably it was like 15 feet away from where we shot the whole disemboweling murder scene in Caucasoid. It felt like it. Yeah. <laughs> it really did. I'm like, it woods felt like you- my house right there. It was always, <laughs> it's like anytime you want to do something with like a fake body, I'm just like, let's just go close to my house. So we can run back home. <laughs> <laughs> But I would say, and I think this is important, is like it didn't feel overtly like New England to me. No, it didn't. You know, it, it felt it felt you know very relatable uh, to you know the entire country of like, hey, you know, cool. it's, yep, suburbia. Mm-hmm. Well, even where we where we live out in the Bay Area, it, we're in like a weird little rural pocket that it felt cool. like it could have been out here too. Yeah. Whoa. So cool. Yeah. No, that's that, very it was interesting. Like, yeah. I'd, yeah. No, it's funny how much. So yeah, so winter is obscenely, obviously New England. Summer yeah. is abstractly nothing. Because <laughs> that's fine. I would not have thought that. Because to me, it's just like you know, New England in the summer. But it's funny how much it, how much that um, the New England this New England aspect is is a winter thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like you attribute that to like painful weather or something you know i mean you know it's it's a beautiful landscape um and uh, you know like you say you know in the summer it it's easy to mirror other you know geographical points in the country that like you know where you don't have you know something as outstanding as like you know the winter to kind of cue in of like hey this is new england and the other part of that is the accents you know so it's like the absence of those two things you know made it relatable Uh, fully. And even if it was overtly New England, that's fine. It's just, it, it, it becomes its own, like, you know, part of the movie, yeah. you know, its own character in a way. Caucasoid felt like we were looking into a, uh, a phenomena, like in a location mm-hmm. where this feels like it could have been, yeah, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's fun. I took a, a social media, like, you know how, like on X, they'll have little pop quiz things. And I fucking fell for when I clicked it. And it was like, we can tell what state you're from on this quiz. Oh boy. The thing I didn't know is it was a fucking 75 question quiz. Yes, of course. And I was like, advertisements on each page, right? Yeah. 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 Question number three, what's your social security number? And I went, I got through like 55 of them. Oh my God. Russell, you need more things to do. (laughs) No, because I'm self-deprecating. I'm like, just ask about the fucking weather and you'll know I'm in California. And they did. They had one. It's like, is it wind? Is it snow? Like, what's the most, uh, what weather do you hate the most? Uh, It's like wind was an option. But they then one of them was right with this many questions, dude. Yeah, exactly. What did you choose? Oh, one of them was, oh, what is weather? 
It's sunny. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, uh, there. I'll just tell you I'm from California. Gotcha. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I can't. I'm. I'm embarrassed that I made it that far into that, and then I abandoned it. Wait, no, I didn't. I did all seventy-five, and they got it wrong. Well, thank you so yeah, much for the update. I know we appreciate that. Very good. <laughs> well, uh, fellas, so uh, we're playing off here. Short. Uh, when is uh, when is Puff? It is Friday, September 29th. or oh, I think the, the festival starts. Maybe a day or I think it starts the Wednesday before, two days before, but we're playing Friday the 29th at 8 p.m. at uh, Theater Exile in Philadelphia. Fantastic. Is the day after this episode is released? Oh, right. Ooh, perfect. Uh, that's perfect timing, baby. Yeah. Ideal. So, so, past, uh, so past Puff, what's, what's the plan for the film? Um, I have no idea. It's got to get into more film festivals. I don't know. Uh, I've got such high, you know, my, I've tried to get into um, – uh, fucking the Locarno Film Festival. I've been trying. I sent Cogsway to this too, but um, and a few other places. But it still has not gone into uh anything yet. Really, it's trying to find. I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, we might. I've really had a great time doing these sort of one-off screenings, which is very fun. Yeah. I mean, might try to set up more of those. But um, but yeah, not not still waiting to hear back from a bunch of places at the moment. Well, good deal. Uh, and then, uh, Ben on your side, what's, uh, what's going on in the writing world? So I just, uh, earlier this year, I put out my, uh, first short story collection, uh, called Bernie the Fuck Alive. Um, and that's out through, uh, Apocalypse Party, uh, like Negative Space. Um, so that's circling. You can get that, uh, order that online. Um, and right now I'm, I'm working on the next novel. Oh so the couple of years, you know, maybe <laughs> <laughs> working away. Yeah. Danny Elfman music. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, fellas, this was a blast, and uh, again, we we love the movie, um, and uh, we we want you to be in more film. We want you to be in all the film festivals. Now, <laughs> we, uh, the you know, um, I, this movie's great, and uh, you know that's. You know, guys like you and, you know, um, and, you know, the films that you guys are making and, and you know, the just the art that you're releasing, you know, this type of stuff is what we want on the show. And uh, we will continue to uh, cheerlead in perpetuity until the sun boils the sea. So thank you so uh, very we much. Appreciate so you much appreciated. Thank you for real. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye. <laughs>